I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 273. We're lucky enough to be chatting with Alexia today on the podcast. She made a very welcome return at the end of June with her brand new track, Ant Song. For anyone who fell in love with her debut single, Fern, late last year, you're going to love this track just as much. All of Alexia's details can be found within the episode show notes today. And after this episode, why not go and give her a follow across all of her socials? While you're there and you're already on Instagram or TikTok, give us a follow as well. All details can be found within the episode show notes. Our guest today is Alexia. The South Australian singer and songwriter burst onto the national music scene late last year with the track Fern, which was an instant hit. After lots of attention and adoration for her songwriting and sonics had settled, Alexia hit the road with artists like Lime Cordial, Kita Alexander and more. Side note, she is also supporting Teenage Dads on their national tour, which is coming up later this year. Now in late June, she returned with some brand new music, in the form of Ant Song. It's another beautifully written pop song about love and the feelings that it brings. There is honestly something in the way that Alexia phrases her words and constructs a sentence that has me very excited to see what the future holds for this Adelaide-based songwriter. Now, in today's episode, we're chatting with Alexia about Ant Song and the inspiration for the track. We're discussing getting one's touring legs and her experiences with supporting bands like King Stingray and Keita Alexander. We also discuss the current secret project that she has working with Sam from Ballpark Music and whether we can expect new music within the next few months. Now, Alexia is going on tour in August and September and we've included all details on where you can get tickets in today's show notes. We also want to say a massive thank you to Tian from Morse Code for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Alexia. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Alexia. Hello again. Hello, how's it going? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, again, I know we were just chatting before. Um, thank you very much for your time. That's all right. My pleasure to be here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back. I um, I went back and had a little bit of a listen to our last conversation. You were very kind enough to join us on our best of um, 
2022 episode and we had a chat about Julia Jacqueline. And at the end, there was the talk of new music and returning to the pod. So I'm glad that we're actually able to make this happen. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a while since Fern came out. I think it came out seven months ago or something. So yeah, glad to be back and chatting about a different song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love to, before we get into... Um, and song and the tour, which is all both very exciting. I want to have mm-hmm. a very quick chat about Fern. And I guess we spoke maybe two or so weeks into it having been released. And I feel like that song took on this whole kind of life of its own. It was being played across radio everywhere. How, what was, were you surprised by the reaction that it was getting? Yeah, absolutely. I, I released Fern really not knowing what to expect so the fact that all of this kind of stemmed from that one song, I'm very grateful for that. But it was just very shocking. Like it, it had a moment on TikTok. I think we got used um, in over 300,000 different videos. Um, and yeah, like people just recognizing me from that one song. I've done gigs and people like, play fun. And I'm like, how do you even know that song? <laughs> but I just feel it's it's still very odd to me that people know that song and that it's it's you know getting streams on like spotify and apple music and it's not just my mum that's created like ten thousand <laughs> accounts and it's just like repeating that song forever but it's it's been amazing it's granted me so much um so many amazing opportunities and i'm very grateful for what's given me it was used for one tiktok i think was it for vogue italy or it had something to do with zendaya or yeah it was like oh, harper's bazaar it was harper's that's bazaar right. Which is hilarious because that's like the kind of magazine you see on the like table when you go to the hairdressers. That's a hairdressing <laughs> magazine to me. And it's very cool that I got used on a hairdress like in the on TikTok. I think it was like it was for a movie. It was like three beautiful act- actors. And I was like, why is Fern playing? <laughs> why is Fern playing? My friend, my gorgeous friend, um, Helena Zara, she's also an amazing artist herself. She messaged me and she was like, you will never guess what I just saw. And then she tagged me in it and I was like, oh my God, you are kidding me. <laughs> so I didn't even see it. My friend pointed out to me. It was just, I. she pointed out to me when I was playing at Black Bear Lodge of uh, supporting the lovely Keita Alexander. And it was like the end of the show. I was like sipping my little Coke Zero at the back and I got tagged and I was like trying to listen to it. And it was like a blaring club. And it was just so bloody funny. It was hilarious. I love that. Well, look, Fern is highbrow, okay? It is of that Very. quality. Eat, yeah. eat you like a cannibal. Eat you like a cannibal, <laughs> you know? Ah. Oh. Well, congratulations on the success of Fern. And it has Thank you. led us to this point where we're now talking about Ant Song, which is your, um, your follow-up single. It is a brilliant single. I'm not sure... Um, we recently did a best of 2023 episode um, of the music release so far. And I have to say, and I'm not saying this simply because you're in front of me, you can <laughs> listen to the episode separately if you'd like. Oh, I think that song is my favorite song of the year so far. Brilliant. Oh, Absolutely thank brilliant. you. That's very, very kind of you to say. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what has the reaction been like so far? I guess now that it's come out and it seems to be doing just as well as Fern. It's doing really, really well. I think it's been out for just over three weeks at the moment and it's almost at like 100,000 streams, which is crazy to me. Um, I was I was really worried about releasing Ant Song, not because of the song itself. I, that song was like a baby to me. 
um, I really love that song just because of the message and like the person I wrote about, I care a lot about them, but I was really nervous to release Ant Song because it had been like, I think it had been seven months since fan. And that is normally like, you know what I mean? You don't wait that long. <laughs> um, but there were a couple reasons why like I waited just because, you know, I was going on tour. I had a bunch of shows and I really like a big goal of mine this year was to focus on, getting my, my gig legs, my show legs, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And just performing as much as I can. Cause that was a big insecurity of mine. I'd never really gigged before. My first gig ever was this year supporting Lime Cordial, um, which was amazing, but I really wanted to focus on kind of honing that craft because it's like, you have to practice. It's like learning an instrument. It's a thing you gotta, you gotta keep doing and then you kind of hopefully get good at it. But so the songs were put on the back burner um, for a bit. And I was worried. I was like, Oh, I'm, people are going to forget about me. <laughs> like people are not going to give a crap about me anymore. Um, that kind of stuff. But, um, I released dance song and people still care, which is really lovely. I haven't been totally forgotten, but I'm really glad people are enjoying the song. From all reactions I have seen online, people seem to be, yeah, loving this song just as much as Fern. I know that they're very excited about the shows that you have been playing and the songs that you are releasing. Um, without going into too much um, depth and we don't have to share, uh, I guess, who the song is about. Can you talk to us, mm. I guess, just a little bit about the inspiration of the song and where it came from? Yeah, of course. Um, Ant song was supposed to be kind of like a follow-up to Fern. Fern was obviously about this crush I had on a girl in high school. Um, and it was very, you know, puppy love, um, very silly schoolgirl crush kind of vibes. It was very whimsical. I talked about eating her like a cannibal. So like, you can see that I was like, I was very tongue in cheek, not taking it very seriously. Um, Ant song is about my partner. His name is Anthony. Hence why it's called Ant song. People were like, <laughs> is there a, is there a botany theme going on? Is there like a, is there like a nature theme? I'm like, nope, just ha- like funny correlation. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but this song is about, it's about love in the same way that Fern is, but it's about a different kind of love. It's about like the love an unconditional love where you've been in a relationship for a while, the bells and whistles, and, you know, the, the, the rose colored glasses have come off. You're not in a honeymoon phase anymore. It's just like, you love this person. You want to make it work. You would do anything for this person. It's unconditional love. And I wanted to write a song about that because before I had met my partner, I'd never felt I've never, I've never been in a relationship that didn't feel transactional. Do you know what I mean? Like it had always felt like they would only do something for me if I gave them something in return, which is a really damaging kind of way to look at something as beautiful and pure as love. So this song is just like a big, big ode to healthy, happy, unconditional love. I love that. Um, what was, if we can ask, what was uh, your partner's mm. reaction to the song? I imagine presenting something as personal and deep as that can be a little bit, um, I guess, confronting. Yeah. I I think what well, I was excited to show Anthony this song. I was really excited because I knew he would love it. He's a musician himself. Mm. Um, so he gave me, he was like, oh, I love this. I love this chord. Maybe we could do like an extension here. Like he was giving <laughs> me, we kind of worked on it together. And he, he really liked it. And I didn't feel, I think the fact that I didn't feel nervous about showing him 
was a good sign to me because I feel comfortable around this person. They don't, you know, I think a good hallmark of love is that you shouldn't feel uncomfortable around the person that you love. They should make you feel at ease. And I feel really, I felt really at ease showing him this song. And I think that was a big tick in my book. Like I wrote the song about the right person. <laughs> Hell yeah. But no, he really, he loved it. He He's very, very excited to have a song about him <laughs> released. I, well, I can only imagine anyone having a song this and also as well written as this song about them. I imagine a stoke. So <laughs> Thank I love you. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was wondering whether we could kind of go back a little bit. Um, as we've discussed, these Fern and Ansong are your first two released singles. Um, but even the, the the confidence I think, well, that I personally find in your songwriting, I think is very, very impressive. I was curious whether you could take us back to your first interactions with songwriting and where you got interested in it. Yeah. Um, it's actually really, it's very embarrassing. You remember Glee? Mm-hmm. Remember Glee? So <laughs> I started writing songs when I was 12. This was, oh, it would have been 2012, 2013. It was like the peak of Glee, right? And I remember in, I was I was also a very hardcore Glee fan. It's very embarrassing. It's like <laughs> secrets that I don't share with anybody. I'll take them to, to my grave. But um, they did. What is it? Uh, fellow Gleek. Fellow Gleek, a fellow yeah. Gleek. You got to have the L. Safe space. Um, <laughs> no judgment. Um, but there was, a, like, they did it for the end. I think it was the end of season two where they, like, they wrote their own songs for nationals and, like, <laughs> all that kind of thing. And it was so stupid. But I was eating that up. I was like, oh, my God, I want to be Rachel Berry. I was so obsessed. Um, so they wrote this song called Get It Right. Mm-hmm. And Rachel wrote it. And I adored that song. I adored it. And I had just started learning about like poetry in primary school and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm going to have a crack at it. I already knew I loved singing because I had grown up singing in church and everything. And I had singing lessons before. So I was like, I'm going to give it a go. So I wrote a song called Get It Right. And I copied, I basically <laughs> copied. So like Glee is going to send me like a cease and desist in the mail or something. Ryan Murphy calls me up like, what the <laughs> hell? Um, but I was so inspired by that Glee episode that I wrote a song called Get It Right after Leah Michelle's Get It Right. It was nowhere near as good. It was really bad. Um, I still have somewhere around my house the really bad, like my, my non my grandfather got me a little like, Marbig notepad from Coles for like a dollar or something. It was like, here you go. And I was writing all my songs in it. It was like a teal cover. It was really like low, low brow. But um, that's how I started writing. And then I realized I'm not very good at it yet, but um, I find it enjoyable. It was really fun. It was like writing a story that you could sing. So I just kept going and going and going. And I never really stopped. I still write like any day that I am free and I get a chance, I love to write just because it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's like an outlet for me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you remember any point where... Because we've spoken to a number of songwriters on um, mm. on this medium, on this podcast, and um, I think most, like anyone, the first song or the second song is never great in most cases. You know, you're finding, mm. as you said, you're finding your, your sea legs, if you will. Um, mm. Do you remember any point where that kind of changed for yourself, where you wrote a, wrote a song or wrote lyrics and then it was like, this is actually pretty good, like I could pursue this as a full-time career? I think I've always had such a bad view of myself, like low self-esteem that I, I never could admit to myself that it was good. I always found flaws and faults in every single bloody thing I ever writ, I, I ever wrote. Um, I think my, my mum started looking through my books cause now I'm like, I, I go, I, everything is on Google drive for me. I'm, you know, I'm like <laughs> a Gen Zer, but, um, back then when I didn't have a laptop, I would write everything down. And my mum, I think I was about 15 or 16 starting to, you know, learn what words meant. I didn't have, I still don't have a great vocabulary. I'm on rhyme zone and dictionary.com every <laughs> single day. So I always forget what words mean, but she would look through my books and be like, this is actually good. And I was like, Oh, really? And she was like, yeah, this is like actually like good. Um, and then like back then in Adelaide, there wasn't heaps of opportunities for like songwriting classes and stuff. It's still very like a, a very not popular thing around here at least. Um, but I would like go on YouTube and like look up like the Berkeley songwriting classes that I had for free on YouTube and, that's kind of how I trained myself to just get better. I think it was a very, at least for me, a very gradual kind of amelioration. It, it took a while for me to be like, oh, this could actually be good. I think the point where I was like, I could potentially do this was I wrote my, um, my, like my class's graduation song when I graduated mm -hmm. high school. And it was me and the, um, the, like the cat, the school captain of our year, who was actually had a great voice as well. We got up on stage and we sang the song and then, um, everyone came up to me and was like, Oh, that, I didn't know you like could write like that, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, Oh, I'll give my, give this a crack. And yeah, I think that, that was like the, I guess a defining moment that was like, maybe I got, maybe I can do this. Well, look, I'm glad that it was well received at school so that we're <laughs> able to talk today and we're able to enjoy this, um, this music of yours. I did see on, what was it? I think it was on Instagram, on some form of social media. There is more music being worked on. I think that you were recently working with Sam from Ballpark Music on some secret kind of project. Yes. So that's potentially 
the next single. Don't know yet, but um, I think that I've got a couple singles or I've got so many songs that like I play at all my shows, obviously, that just haven't bloody been released yet, but they will all come out very, very soon. But I've got a couple ideas for what the next single could be. Either way, they're kind of not necessarily different directions, but they're about very different topics. I do love to write happy songs. I am, or I wasn't always, but, you know, with a lot of therapy, I have become a pretty happy person. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's still not everyone's always happy. You know, um, emotions are on a spectrum. And a lot of the songs I haven't released yet are about slightly more, you know, angry or sad or messed up things that have happened or emotions. So I do want to kind of dig a bit into those and maybe go in a slightly different direction, but it's always going to be, no matter what song I write, it's always got some kind of sarcastic element because (laughs) I just have to, for some reason, put something really dumb, like eating someone like a cannibal or like something silly like that um, in the song. So there's a couple, couple songs. I don't, I don't know if I can talk about them too much, but Mm -hmm. one of them that I'm thinking of releasing next is about a bit of a darker subject so a couple years ago, there was this like epidemic that was happening in Adelaide, at least, where a lot of girls were getting their Instagrams hacked and photos taken, and their photos were being made into pornographic images and getting posted all over like Twitter and stuff. So that happened to me. Someone took specifically one of my photos and like cropped out my face and put my face onto other people doing stuff. Um, and it was obviously a very bad job. It like, it was very clear Photoshop job, but it was really messed up. And it happened to quite a few of my friends as well. And I completely, for some reason thought that was normal. And I chucked it in the back of my brain. I didn't think of it. And as I was scrolling through my Instagram archives recently, I saw one of the photos cause I had posted it about it being like, what the hell? Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And I realized like, oh, wow that was messed up. That was really messed up. I completely, for some reason, just tossed it aside thinking this is just what every girl has to go through, but it's definitely not. And I think there's a comment on, you know, parasocial relationships and how much of ourselves we put on, on the internet and that people can just take it and pretend that they know you pretend they have a relationship with you, pretend they have a friendship or a connection with you when they really don't know you from a bar of soap and then they feel like it's okay to photoshop your head on a woman performing sexual acts (laughs) so that's kind of one of the darker songs that I've written but it's a really it's a kind of funny one because it's very sarcastic it's very like do you actually want to have a relationship with a person that you know despite all their flaws you have a real connection to or do you just want to have fun by yourself to an image of someone that you don't actually know. So mm. there's, there's a bit of depth. There. <laughs> there's a lot of problems to be talked about in that one, but yeah. I'm tr- You've definitely shifted gears in terms of uh, yeah. <laughs> subject matter, but I do, obviously I'm very sorry to hear that that situation happened. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to how the song, as you said, the perspective that you're giving on it in terms of kind of being sarcastic and giving shit back to that perpetrator, yeah. whoever it is. So mm-hmm. um, more power to yourself. Yeah. I would love to kind of um, 
I guess, check-in in relation to, you mentioned before you wanted to get your touring legs, your sea legs while touring. Mm-hmm. You have been doing an absolutely stellar job so far this year of um, of touring because it looks as though, who was it? There was, you've already mentioned a few. We had Lime Cordial. There was Keita Alexander. Mm-hmm. I think here in Adelaide you, I don't think it was planned, but I think last minute you were the King Stingray and George yeah. Ellis. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was an interesting Friday. That was an interesting Friday afternoon. Um, I got the call from my manager, um, literally three hours before the gig. He was like, "What are you doing tonight?" And I was like, "Oh, me and Anthony are actually going to go um see a gig." He was like, "What gig?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm um, King Sting. They're playing at Hunt Street Music Hall. It's gonna be good. A couple of mates are going." And he was just like, "Well." <laughs> got some news for you and I was like what he was like oh we've got you a gig tonight you need to be there for sound check in three hours and I was like uh I was like what gig I was thinking it was something very Mm low-key um he was like we need you to open up for King Stingray and I was like I paid money for these tickets now I can't (laughs) even use them I was so bad um but it was an amazing gig it was I, I I mean I drove home like from my work how I had to leave early. I called Anthony. I was like, you need to come home now. We need to practice because we had not practiced, which is really bad. I was very, I was feeling a bit lazy. So I hadn't picked up a guitar in two weeks. Um, and I was like driving home, crying, freaking out. I was like, I shouldn't have said yes. I shouldn't have said yes. Oh my God. Um, but it turned out being an amazing gig and the crowd was so lovely. It was literally so last minute. We made a random set list from scratch. We learnt the cover. We covered um, The Only Exception by Paramore, which is one of my favourite songs. Nice. Um, and we learnt the cover literally in the car on the way there. And it was <laughs> it was fu- it was so fun. I'm normally not a very impulsive person. It's definitely not me. But it was such an enjoyable experience. And the King Sting guys were lovely. And George Ellis, she's so beautiful and so amazing as well. So it was a... It was a it was a, a bit of a pat, pat, my, pat myself on the back moment because I was really proud of how I handled that. Me two years ago would have had a meltdown, but it was a really good thing and I'm, I'm glad I said yes. Well, from all accounts that I saw, a number of people at that gig, social media, you know, reviews, I think that um, they loved the fact that you had all respect to, I think it was old Mervs who had to pull out due to for whatever reason. Yeah, they got stuck in WA, which sucks. That's right. Um, the, mm. All respect to them. That the, the crowd was very stoked to have you there, um, which kind brings me to the next point. I know that you are going out on your own tour in August and September. I think mm-hmm. um, do a quick shout out to the Grace Emily here in Adelaide because that is one yeah. of my favourite venues. Love um, the Grace. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant venue. Um, are you looking forward? I guess how are you preparing for these shows? Are you looking forward to them? I'm really looking forward to them. I'm I'm a bit nervous. I've never done a headline show at all. So I really, I don't know what to expect. I've been asking my mates who have done headline shows before, like, uh, what do, what should I do? What should I not do? What are the do's? What are the don'ts? Um, but I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing the people that are coming out um, and just like having a really chill kind of cozy little intimate gig. I, I love doing shows in like small rooms just cause I feel like I can see the people I can actually talk. I love to do a bit of stand up comedy in every show that I do. <laughs> I can never shut up. I'm an Aries. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that. And I love the grace. I've been going to the grace since I was 18. I used to go, um, there on Wednesday nights a couple years ago. This was pre-COVID. They did like jazz nights and a couple mm. of my mates, 
that um, went to like the jazz conservatorium here in Adelaide perform so we'd go get a drink and have a watch of some amazing jazz players so it's it's got a lot of memories that place and it's it's a very it's like an institution in Adelaide I feel like it's like one of the long-standing places that everyone plays a gig at when they start so I'm very excited I'm excited to play in Melbourne and Sydney too um I haven't I haven't played that many shows in the actual city I've done a lot of regional stuff but I think I've only played once in Melbourne and Sydney city. So that will be really, really exciting too. And meeting all the people that listen to my music from interstate, it's, it's going to be very, very cool and very like, Oh wow. This is an actual thing. These are actual people that actually listen to my music. So <laughs> it'll be a very validating moment, but it'll, it'll be really, really fun. I know there's a lot of excitement around these shows. My friends and myself have got our tickets to oh. uh, to, to the Adelaide gig already. So very excited <laughs> for that. You. And I'm sure, um, Again, not just saying this because you're here, I do stand by this and we'll stand by it in, you know, six months, 12 months time. I'm sure that this is a good opportunity to see Alexia play in rooms this small because I think that in the coming years, the rooms will probably get bigger. So <laughs> take this opportunity. Um, Thank you. On that note, I know that we are about to run out of time. I very quickly want to ask mm -hmm. Um as you like, so kindly came onto the show last time to talk about Julia Jacklin. What are you currently listening to at the moment? We'll ask you what you're listening to. <laughs> oh, okay. What am I listening to at the moment? Uh, the, I've listened to a lot of boy genius because mm -hmm. I adore, absolutely adore. Um, the new Billie Eilish song. I just saw the Barbie movie literally last night, actually. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Adore. I adore it. Um, I was a Care Bear kid. I didn't have Barbies when I was growing up, but I still very much felt a connection as a woman. Um, but what was I made for by Billie Eilish is just an absolutely stunning emotional song. And I really like that. Um, what else have I been I'm looking at my, um, my Spotify here. There's mm -hmm. an um, artist called Kenny Titus. Um, oh, yeah. she, she's, I think she's from America. Um, she has a song called if you want, and it's this, it's like a song about being delusional and just wanting to do anything for a person that you're interested in. And it's, it's really cute little love song, but yeah, I've been listening to a lot of that kind of silly. It's like two, two sides of the spectrum. It's like either, Oh my God, all the emotions in the entire <laughs> world or like, hee, 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 I love love and, and singing and silly love songs. There's no in between for me. It's like one or the other. <laughs> But yeah, that's what I've been listening to at the moment. Look, all very solid choices. And it's good to have like a, a spectrum of music tag because you don't want to be listening to the same thing time and time and time again. Um, Alexia, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It's been such a delight to have you back and congrats on Ant Song. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 